This is what happens when you bring in a newbie. This is what happens. Hey, it's so good to be here with you guys. I really am sorry for maybe ruining, you know, your flow and stuff. But uh, the reality is, is we come together and, you know, even mistakes are part of the Christian narrative. And, uh, man, that just actually brings me a lot of peace and comfort to think about that as I think about my life. And um, that's kind of actually what we're going to be talking about today a little bit, honestly, for our message. Um, so first, real quick, who am I? <laughs> that's a good question. So my name is Seth Kunze, and uh, my wife and our four children are here this morning. It's just really good to be here. Uh, I'm actually planting a church uh, called The Dwelling over in the New Caney Porter area. You know where those parts are over there? You know? Those guys over there on the other side of the river? Yeah, that's us over there. Well, uh, about a year and a half ago, Christ the King, which is a, a church in Kingwood, and a church in uh, Humble called Lamb of God, those two churches partnered together to bring me and my wife in to plant the church along the Grand Parkway uh, in that New Caney side. We've now uh, worshipped for about uh, four or five months uh, is what we've been going on. So we're brand spanking new worshipping. Um, we've been building a team of people. And, and our, really, our heart is really to reach out to people who are disconnected from the Lord and disconnected from a church. And so if that's you this morning, if you're here this morning and you're an atheist or uh, you are uh, maybe a Gnostic uh, or this morning if you're struggling with some some questions or doubts about God or church or faith, FYI, I'm really pumped you're here. And I really mean that because that's really what our church is all about. And I know this church is all about that too. And uh, that just gets me really excited because um, obviously I'm going to teach from a Christian perspective here, right? But the reality is, is uh, we want to be always a church where you can come as you are because we all come with questions and stuff in our hearts and our lives. We're all coming with issues that we're dealing with. And so as we're planting this church, uh, myself and Pastor Steve and Pastor Ted, we've been talking quite a bit uh, in conjunction with the Texas District, which would be part of the supporting piece as well, along with Pastor Alec, Christ the King, and along with Pastor Mark at Lamb of God, to potentially, the conversation that we're starting to have is potentially planting yet another church. And this time it would actually include potentially Resurrection Lutheran Church being part of that. And um, if you're first hearing about that right now, don't throw me under the bus, okay? Don't throw me under the bus. But that is what's taking place. And I did ask Pastor Steve if I could just share that. And that's, FYI, that's why I'm here. I would not just be here just to come and preach, quite honestly, because I'd, I, I want to be with our people at the dwelling. Um, but this morning, I asked our leadership if I could actually come to actually build maybe a little bit of a relationship with you guys to have you hear a little bit about who we are, to get to share with you, to kind of put, you know, just, sometimes you just got to see a face. And so build some relationship with each other with potentially the opportunity to partner together to even plant more churches. Because here's the reality. We have to plant more churches. And the statistics are really clear that the greatest form of evangelism today is actually planting more churches. That doesn't make a lot of sense for those of us who've been in the church our whole lives because it seems like you just, why won't they just come here? It's just not the way disconnected people think. And we have to be planting more churches, folks. And so if anything at all, I just ask you to support it. I'm not asking you to be part of it or anything like that. I'm not. 
but support Pastor Steve and Pastor Ted as they begin to bring some of this forward. And um, I look forward to partnering with you guys, quite honestly, in the future. I want to say a prayer, and then we're going to dive into actually our epistle reading for today uh, from 2 Corinthians, and, um, and just see what God wants for us to hear, okay? So let's do that now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just come now, and I, I pray that you would um, uh, just work, Holy Spirit. Work in our hearts. Work in our lives. Do that work in us that only you can do. And... Um, so I hope open our, not only our ears, but our hearts. We're going to hear stuff right now, but are we going to really hear stuff? And that's that second hearing. That's what I pray it takes place right now, Lord. Uh, help me, God, uh, to just proclaim your word uh, and let, let me just kind of disappear up here and, and you just become more and more evident. I pray that boldly in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So I'm just getting my time going because I'm not going to lie. I kind of like to do this, okay, so I can go for a while. Um, as I was thinking about our epistle reading, I was thinking about strength. I was thinking about where, I was thinking about um, where we show our strength. And I was thinking about uh, places where we, we try to reveal to people that we're really strong. And so where are some of these spots where strength just becomes really evident? You know, you might think of like a whale or something coming out of the water and just, like that's strong, right? Really strong. Or you might think of like a motor, like, you know, a V8 motor going. That's strong. Well, as I was thinking about strength and just kind of revealing strength, I thought of Hulk Hogan. And so I got him up on the screen, and here he is, right? And I was thinking, here's Hogan who just like rips his shirt off to reveal like how tough he was. And I was thinking, I could do, I could be the object lesson, but I was like, eh, that might get weird. So uh, instead of me doing this, right, <laughs> I, I was like, no, let's just let Hogan do it. But, but, you know, he rips his shirt off, he gets up on stage, and why? Because he wants to show everybody how tough he is, how big he is, how strong he is. He's got it all put together. He's been working out for this. He can take anybody down, Right? As I was thinking about this, and then I started to think about our epistle reading with the Apostle Paul saying, in verse 9, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses. I will boast in my weaknesses. And then I started thinking and praying about you all. And I started thinking about our culture, and I started thinking about how oftentimes, isn't it true, that we oftentimes will actually try to reveal to people our strengths. We try to show people how strong we are, how put together we are. We got everything, everything's good. I mean, I've asked a bunch of people this morning, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Everybody's doing good. How you doing? Good. Good. Life is great. Everything's great. Everything's fine. No problems. No issues. My marriage is great. My marriage is great. My parenting is great. My kids are perfect. My finances are in order. Everything's good. The, the, my boss is, is, is fantastic. I love my boss. Everything's so perfect with my boss. Everything's so perfect at work. Everybody's pretty healthy, everybody's perfect, everybody's great, everybody's doing good. 
We made the right choice in the house. We bought the right place. We bought in the right neighborhood. We bought, blah, 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 blah. Everything's perfect. Everything's good. How are you doing? Good. Everything's so good. And isn't it true that oftentimes we are always kind of revealing, now be careful, but revealing our strengths. Everything's good. Everything's so good. And the Apostle Paul comes along and he says, no, I, I want to talk to you about some stuff. Even, even at the very beginning of 2 Corinthians, he actually says here, I, I missed this at the early service, ah, you get bonus material, hashtag boom, pays to come late. 2 Corinthians, the, the, the whole the whole letter starts out with, in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions. He starts the whole, the whole letter to 2 Corinthians out with, there's afflictions, there's trials, there's problems. And then he goes on in our, in our reading, and actually right before, right before um, 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 the, the part that we just read and we just heard, the Apostle Paul actually lays out for us some interesting stuff. And I almost envision the Apostle Paul going to like some church meeting like this and somebody being like, well, what gives you the right to be the, an apostle? What makes you so great? And we just heard, if you were listening, that he had seen some amazing things. He'd seen some visions. He'd seen some amazing stuff. And he could have grounded his apostleship. He could have grounded his his. his, his his whole faith, his whole basis of everything in that. But what does he do? I envision him actually taking his shirt and starting to unbutton it. And he takes his shirt off in just a meeting like this. What gives you the right to be an apostle? He takes it off. He takes his shirt off. And he turns around. And in chapter 11, this is what it says. Paul says this. Five times I received at the Jews, at the hand of the Jews, the 40 lashes, less one. 39 times the guy was whipped. Five different times. Three times I was beaten with rods. That's uh, just a big list here. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil, hardship, sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, often without food, cold, anxieties that I have for the church, problem after problem after problem. And then verse 7 and 8 of chapter 12, he was actually given a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what this thorn was, whether it's some weakness, whether it's some disease, whether it's some sin he's struggling with. We don't know. But he says what? I'm going to boast in that. And he takes his shirt off and he reveals to everybody how weak he is. How you doing? Good. Good, good, good. Everything's good. Everything's great. Everything's good. Everything's fine. I got life put together. I got it all figured out. I got church figured out. I, I just come here. I just do it. Everything's good. And Paul says, I want to boast in my weaknesses. Ah, look at 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. 
for the sake of Christ, then I am content. And the Greek word there is better translated almost like pleasure, almost like uh, he's content. He's way okay with his weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to ask you this morning. Here's where I'm going with this. It's really simple. This isn't like some complex. If if you want an easy job, just go be a pastor. Because then that's all you got to do is just be like, read that. Do that. Yeah, that's all it is. Here's my question. Like, where are you weakest right now? Where are you weak? This is going to be a challenge for some of you. And some of you, your weakness is the fact that you won't be able to identify a weakness. Where are you weak? Where have you exerted all your energy? And literally, you've tried everything. You've done it all. You've, you've tried to make it happen, and it just, you can't get it done on your own anymore. Your marriage is falling apart. Your kids just are, they're just, that's not the way you raise them. Stuff at work just is is going south in a hurry. You're struggling with some sin or some addiction. And you don't know how to get out of it. Your finances are just absolutely horrendous. And you're in so much debt, it's just... And you literally don't even know what to do anymore. Where are you weakest right now? Your, your, your pride is through the roof so that you can't even... And you're like, that, I'm not even weak. Then let me tell you, that's a weak spot. But, 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 but you are you, you, you so... Um, where is that spot that you've exerted all your energy? And you don't even know what to do next. See, it's precisely in that moment It's precisely in that spot that Jesus wants to provide you with strength. It's right in that weakest place that he wants to be your strength. It's right there in the down in the pits, down in that dark, dark spot. It's right there that Jesus actually wants to show up in the middle of that and he wants you to understand that he wants to be your strength. Where I am weak, there I am strong. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like I'm strong when I'm weak. I feel weak. And maybe the whole point is to get the focus off of yourself and onto Jesus. is your strength. Um, our culture, folks, has this so backwards. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys are different on this side of the river, but over by us, our culture is just, is telling us constantly 
that in order to get out of all of our problems, we gotta man up, we gotta, we gotta buck up, we gotta, we gotta do more, we gotta do more, we gotta do more. I gotta take the bull by the horns. Maybe I can actually like, maybe I can out of my financial kind of struggles, maybe I can kind of buy my way out. Maybe I can just kind of put on good of it. Everybody, everybody will, nobody will know. I'm just going to go buy the new car. Maybe in our marriages, just, uh, maybe we could just kind of get along enough in public so that people kind of, it's okay. See, our culture teaches us to man up, and Jesus is teaching us, no, would you just recognize where you're weak? And the Apostle Paul, I think, is really teaching us this morning. I think he's teaching us to actually lead with this stuff. Uh, recently, a guy gave me uh, a guy gave me this little cup, and I got a picture of it too on, on the screen. I don't know what these things are called, kamuji or something like that. I can't remember. That's silly. But this little cup thing has got a crack in it. Okay, I'm just doing it's kind of dumb, but it, I'm just trying to help. Just give you a little handhold here. But there's a little crack in it, and the idea behind these cups, a friend gave it to me, is that then you put gold in where the crack is. And the idea or the premise is simply that in the weakest of places, in the the most vulnerable of places, that it would actually be the strongest spot and the most valuable spot. No, that ain't real gold. I got cheap friends, okay? But you get kind of the idea, right? That in the weakest of places, in the most broken of places, when Jesus is present, and he wants to be present in that moment, it's actually your strongest spot because it's his strength. It's his strength. Your strength is all gone. You've used it up. It ain't there anymore. And so culture says you're a failure. And yet when we look to Jesus, who's right there in the midst of that with us, it can actually be our strongest spot because we start to recognize we have to lean on him. My grace, just think about that. Just, I, I, almost, I, I don't even want to preach on it because it's just so obvious, but my grace is sufficient for you. Is that true for you? Is God's grace, what Jesus has done for you, enough? No matter what? No matter how weak you might actually be? Jesus provides strength. If you want to tweet something out, I'd tweet this baby. Jesus provides strength in the midst of your weakness. Can I just say something? As you read the Bible... This is all over the place. Let me grab my Bible because I just ugh, feel naked without it. This is all over, folks. All over the place, Jesus is showing up in the weakest of places. Do you get that? As you read through the Bible, you'll find weak guy after weak guy after weak gal after weak gal. See, so many times we think of these people as like strong. No, you'll find murderer and you'll find liar and deceiver and, and family that's messed up like crazy and you'll find brokenness and hurt and pain and all this kind of stuff. Jesus, this is for some of you who maybe know your Bibles a little bit, Jesus finds out that Lazarus is sick. And what does he do? You ain't weak enough. See? You ain't weak enough. I'm going to stay where I am a couple more days. 
Isn't it amazing? See, Jesus wants Lazarus to die so that he can show up right in the middle of the most broken. See, he's not broken enough. Mary and Martha aren't broken enough. Jesus, come and heal him. He's got a fever. He's sick. Now, I'm going to stay here for a couple more days. See, you're still, you're still relying on some other things. Now, I'm going to break you. And so he lets Lazarus die, and then he shows up right there at a spot where literally Martha and Mary, they can't do anything else. They can't do anything. There's no more medicine they can give him. There's no more cold rags to put on his forehead. All their energy is spent, and Jesus shows up right there, and he says, this is what I'm all about. You have to rely on me. Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I love that. See, Mary and Martha, they're relying on, ah, maybe we can still do something. No, you can't. Stop. We're weak. We struggle with stuff, guys. I know I do. Just this past week, it's almost kind of embarrassing. I've already told my kids this, and so it's to have them here to get you. The other day at the DMV, I totally... I totally did something I shouldn't have done. I lied to somebody actually at the DMV. And I didn't mean to. I really didn't. I wasn't planning on lying. But it just kind of asked me a question that I kind of said something to. And long story short, I ended up having to go back to the DMV to try to make things right and try to do what I needed to do. And then the worst part was having to tell my kids that what I dad had done and I lied. And I, I, I'm weak. I, I don't... I don't have all of it all figured out. I don't have all the answers for every single thing. I'm weak. Our church plant, our church plant is looking to plant another church. We've been around for four months. We're weak. We don't have all the ideas. I don't know where that's all going to go. I think of you guys as I think of a weak spot for me is getting to proclaim and kind of do my little, you know, extrovert Seth Kunze thing and kind of be all charismatic-y. But the reality is I'm, I'm too weak to come and actually shape your heart. I'd love to do that. I can't. And so all week long I've just been praying, God, only you. You've got to be the one to, to change hearts and shape lives. You're the only one, Holy Spirit, that can do that. It's a weak spot, but Jesus promises to show up where his word is present. Okay, so I'll hold you to that, Jesus. Where are you weak? One of the things with our church plant, one of the things with our church plant is we, we are so focused on people who are disconnected from Jesus or disconnected from a church. We love that. Right now, we got a lady in our, we got a lady in our uh, 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 new members class who's an atheist. She doesn't believe in God. Now, she's not going to come out on the other end, like voting and stuff like that for our, our church, but, but she's trying to figure out, what is God doing? What is, I love that so much. That gets me so excited. But as I think about um, reaching out to disconnected people, I think one of the biggest problems in the church today is so often our first step forward in reaching disconnected people is trying to reveal how strong we are. And so our church has got everything put together. We got all this stuff figured out. We got all this. I, my life is all in order. Bah, 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 bah. And we think that's what the world wants to see. And that's all you got to do is ask them. 
What do you see? And you know what the answer is? The answer is, well, I know that's not true. We know that's not true of each other. Right? Now, I don't really know you guys, and so that's actually what makes it really fun to get to come and preach today, because I can just kind of drop the hammer and then take off. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of cool. But it's been really hard preaching at our church lately, because more and more and more I'm starting to under, I'm getting into the lives of our people. See, when I drop the marriage bomb on y'all, I don't know who, I'm not looking at anybody, because I don't know. But I know what's in this room. See, I'm starting to learn our people now, and I know who is struggling with sexual identity. I know who's struggling with their marriage. I know who's struggling with questions about God. I know who's struggling. And it's everybody, guys. Everybody's got stuff. We're all weak. And one of the best things you can do as you reach out to your next door neighbor or when you reach out to the coworker, when you reach out to those who are disconnected around you, one of the best things you can do is just say, here's a really weak spot for me. Because instantly they will trust you. Because they know you're being real. Because you're not going to go brag about your weaknesses, are you? Well, maybe we will. Maybe these are some of the places we'll actually boast in. Jesus wants to provide strength in your weakest spot. There's one other shirt-taking-off example that takes place in the scriptures that I want to read to you. It's from Matthew chapter 27, verse 31. This might just rock your world. When they had mocked him, Jesus, they stripped him of the robe. They put his own clothes back on him and led him away to be crucified. And then verse 35. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Jesus had his shirt taken off. Stripped right down. The God of the universe not to reveal how strong he was, but to go to the cross and pay the price for our sin, to pay the price for our brokenness. And the world looked at that moment and they saw, literally they saw, and Paul talks about this, how foolish that really is. They looked at that cross and, and that's all you can see is weakness. And yet those who believe, we realize what? Romans 1.16, for the gospel is the very power of God. See, the cross, even in all of its, in its weak, it's the weakest thing. God dying for you and for me, that's weak. But it's precisely in that moment that the very power of God gets worked for you and for me. He rises victorious from the grave. And he promises to return soon. For me and for you. That's so cool to me. Not Hulk Hogan ripping his shirt off. Having his shirt taken away from him. 
being put on a cross for me and for you, for our salvation. Whatever you're going through this morning, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I know there's stuff going on that I do know. And wherever you're weakest right now, just know that Jesus wants to provide strength in the midst of that. He wants to put himself right there. That's the gospel, guys. That's what it's all about. Not getting you to do better so that maybe God might love you someday. No. Coming before him broken. Coming before him spent. Coming before him energy used up. And bringing it before the God of the universe who's going to be stronger. Who is, he's the strongest. In my family, I didn't share this at the early service. I'm just going to quick share it just to see how it goes over with you guys. Because I almost should stop right there, but I just want to share this. In my family, I was thinking about this this past week. Who's the strongest person in my family? Well, I am, of course. Sorry, babe. But who's the next strongest, safest person? It's amazing how it's actually the littlest, isn't it? It's amazing how it's my, my smallest little one. Ember. Because the others were just kind of like bopping and pushing around, right? And just kind of like blah, blah. But like little Ember were just always like, oh, pumpkin. You know, everybody, hey, be careful with her. Be careful. Be careful. Guys, God calls you to be his children. Not too much more than that. Don't forget that. You're called to be a child. A little child. Weak. Vulnerable. Lean on to his strength. Let me pray for us this morning. Jesus, I thank you and praise you for what you have done for us, Jesus. I thank you 